Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. Now, if you pay attention to African news and social media, then hopefully you are no stranger to the This Flag movement that is happening within the Zimbabwean community. It was a simple YouTube video put up by a pastor in Zimbabwe called Evan Murari, who wanted to express through the flag of Zimbabwe what the country's hopes and frustrations are about the situation in Zimbabwe. It has galvanized into a worldwide movement. So the Zimbabwean community in Brisbane had a This Flag Solidarity Rally yesterday. It was well attended with quite powerful speeches from members of the community, followed by some great music and some dancing. I met afterwards with three people who were at the rally, Carol, one of the organizers, and Christine and Lorraine, just to understand a bit more what the this flag movement is and how the Brisbane community here are really galvanizing around it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I think it's probably the first time, certainly in a long time, that I had sat down to talk to Zimbabweans about issues within Zimbabwe at the moment. And I found their conduct to be quite interesting and informative and giving me quite a different perspective about the situation for them back home. And I hope you find it as equally interesting and informative. Who am I here talking to? I'm Carol McTiberi. I'm based here in Brisbane currently, and I've been here since 2003, but born and bred in Zimbabwe. Hi, I'm Christine Mazurete, similarly with Carol, born and raised in Zimbabwe, moved to Australia in 2005 um, to pursue my tertiary education. I finished that and I've been living and working in Brisbane since. And what about you? Yes, my name is Lorraine Chitsike, and I've been in Brisbane since 2006, and I came to study at Griffith University, and I've been around for 10 years now. Um, yes, yeah, so similarly, I was also raised in Zimbabwe all my life, and I'm very passionate about my country. Hmm. I'll get back to the government, but I kind of want to get to know the three of you a bit better. How do you know each other, apart from being Zimbabweans? <laughs> <laughs> well, Lorena and myself actually went to high school together, so I guess our friendship stemmed from our teenage years. And um, post that, when we came to Australia, of course, you know, the natural thing to do is to sort of band with your people, band with what's similar to you. So that is sort of, I guess, how we obviously maintain that relationship. But I think also just the oneness of heart concerning our country mm. is the one thing that sort of, yeah, really, I guess, not just brought us together, but kept us yeah. in communication. Mm. Just that love for our home and desire to want to make a difference and not just be here and forget mm. so yeah that's that's how and then carol we yes. <laughs> we've always sort of known similar mm. we've had Networks. lots of mutual friends yeah. and then yeah so what now we're yeah your friends yes now we're friends so <laughs> when you're not organizing solidarity gatherings what do you normally do with yourselves um like trips to Sydney. Exactly. <laughs> oh, there's a girls uh, weekend coming up. Yes, and I think I think the three of us we generally I think we just share the same interests. Yeah. We definitely have the same belief system. Um, we're 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 all Christians, so we go to the same church. Um, we yeah we have the same belief systems, and so that's just not not just um, in our faith but also especially when it comes to people, when it comes to these sort of things, when it comes to children, when it comes to helping those that are in need and and really importantly right now when it comes to Zimbabwe. Okay. So I think 
yeah, we seem to always connect, especially in... I'm here talking to you, among many things, because this morning I came along to the Zimbabwean communities, this yes. flag. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you call it? Was it a protest? Uh, what, what, what was it? For- it was a solidarity. It was a gathering. Mm-hmm. It was a solidarity gathering, basically in de- just demonstrating that we're standing with the people of Zimbabwe, with the ordinary citizen of Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. and saying enough is enough. We're in complete agreement with what's happening on ground in Zimbabwe with the This Flag movement. And so for us today was a statement. It was a statement of oneness, a statement of unity, a statement of solidarity. So that's what it was really. So it was more than just a gathering, just people just coming together. We were essentially making one loud statement that we are with the Zimbabwean citizens. We are Zimbabwean citizens and we believe in this flag movement. We know, we believe in everything that it's standing for the Zimbabwean and we are the Zimbabweans that are this flag movement. It sounds like almost like a stupid question, but why has this galvanized you to the point where you said, I'm not only just going to turn up, but I'm actually going to organize it and in some respects lead it and drive it, you know, and why now? Okay, well, I can speak for myself in that um, for me personally, like these two ladies know, because I've, I, I've shared it before, that I th- I've just reached a point whereby a point of frustration you know, like you just get to a place of frustration whereby you're just like, you know what, it not only is enough enough, but it's, surely I can do something. Mm-hmm. And this was ever before even um, Pastor Ivan then stood up to say something. You no, know, like, but you, I was just frustrated within myself. Like, what can I do? What can I do? Like, you go home and you almost feel restless because you don't know what you can do. If you give away money, your money then finishes. Money will finish. And then tomorrow there's still a need anyway. And you come back here, you're working, working, working to send money home, but still, but you're thinking, what can I do that will actually make an impact that is going to be loud enough? And I've always known that, yes, unity will do it. People coming together will do it. A united Zimbabwe will definitely do it. But how? And so when, when, when we started seeing this whole, this flag movement coming, coming about and going along, it naturally it's something that you just knew we, we, it resonated within my heart and I just knew it's something that works. I must be a part of it mm-hmm. and not only be a part of it, but bring it right here into my locality. So when I started seeing things happening for me back home, like with this flag movement and people being beaten and especially now when Pastor Ivan then got arrested, that literally brought me to tears. I remember the day that I heard that, like I was on the floor, I wailed. I wept, and the weeping was not so much that, ah, oh, why is he in prison? My, the weeping was more so that this is someone just like me, and this is the extent to which he's willing to go for the freedom of others, for the wealth and the prosperity of our nation, for the health of our loved ones. This is, the, this is what he's willing to do. What am I willing to do? What am I able to do? I remember crying that night um, in the middle of the night, speaking to God and just saying, Lord, what can I do? What is... Where, where can I find my place in this movement? Show me my place. What can I do? Then he said to me, you know what? Do something with what you have. You know, right there, what do you have? Mm-hmm. Okay, we have each other. Okay, so come together. And that's when, for me personally, that's when it then evolved. That's when I contacted um, the chair, the, the Brisbane, Zimbabwe. Yeah, that's right, right? Zimbabwe's in Queensland. Zimbabwe's in Queensland, diaspora. This is when I contacted him and, you know, we were just chatting and then he said he was in Zimbabwe and then I started chatting about, you know, what's going on on ground there because I just wanted to keep in touch with what's happening there. And I'm um, so what can we do here? 
what can I personally do here? And um, so that's how really I just got involved. Um, then he asked if he can add me to the committee, and here we are. Okay. Um, what about the two of you? So, like, the last time I was in Zimbabwe was in January. So we're always constantly seeing what's happening on the ground. So we are not, like, we never speak from assumed uh, positions or just, like, oh, I think this is what's happening. No. And I think when you see things for your own self, you make informed decisions because it's not second-hand information. And so just coming back home in January again, that burden of what can we do, it's a question that's always floating around. So... Uh, the president of uh, our committee, uh, Andrew, he then planned something else on Africa Day. And this is when the old, the flag movement had started, this flag by Pastor Ivan Mawari. And so when we got there, so many people just started, I guess it just was been bringing people. A lot of people have been feeling it, but then they're not finding a place to speak. And so this has just brought people together. Yeah. And so when we met at that function the second time, we just decided we cannot continue going on living separate lives. Yeah. Whilst we're here in Australia, we have to come together somehow, some way. And so that's when we decided we have to start an association. This movement, if there's anything it has done, it's bring people together. I might come to you, Christine. If you want to explain to me, for people who obviously might not have any idea, what is the flag movement? And you talk about Pastor uh, Ivan. Ivan. Can you maybe give me a bit of the background for the average person to okay. how this, if you like, movement came okay. about? So the flag, this flag movement was actually a movement that was born um, not intentionally. Its very first origins was a video plea that Pastor Ivan actually did on the 18th of April, which is Zimbabwe's Independence Day. And that's the same day that we also planned that gathering here. So he, he, he did a video um, just, just echoing just, I guess, the pain of his heart seeing where the country was. So he did a, in his video, he, he went through the colors of the flag and what they represent, which I actually happen to have on my nails right now. So Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the colors of the Zimbabwe flag are white, yellow, red, green and black and did you do them today just for today (laughs) i did them just for today and the white represents peace the yellow represents the mineral wealth the red represents the blood that was shed to liberate the country from colonial rule the green represents the vegetation agriculture was was is somewhat still the backbone of our economy and the black represents black majority it's a zimbabwean people so he went through the colors of the flag talking about what they are meant to symbolize, but yet, in fact, when you look at the country, that it, we weren't seeing that. We're a country rich in mineral wealth, but yet we're so impoverished. The economic conditions of the country have plummeted. You know, he talked about, yes, soldiers went to war, people went to war to liberate the country, but people are enslaved in a, through fear in a country that's meant to be free and democratic. It was just a genuine plea from an ordinary man. Yes, he happens to be a pastor of a church, but it's just a plea, just a video that he did in his own home, just echoing where his, his pain for where the country was. But post that, in the same video, he goes on to say that, but wait a minute, this, is, this can still be our hope. This can still be where our country can be one day at that place of thrive, a thriving economy, you know, f- rich in vegetation and agriculture. 
And from that, just, I guess, with the impact of social media and how um, viral things can get, the video went viral. News networks all over the country and abroad caught onto it. And I guess it sparked something in his heart and said, you know what, this is something we should all aspire to, rebuilding that country that our flag represents. So he started initially with a seven-day campaign where he just encouraged us for seven days leading up to, well, I think the Africa Day, between Independence Day and Africa Day, seven-day campaign where you take your Zimbabwe flag everywhere you go, or standing against, really, initially, poverty, injustice, and, you know, human rights violations, a few key things that we're standing against, but also standing up as citizens saying, we want our country back. We want to rebuild our country. We want our country to be at that place that when we speak of what the colors of the flag represents, we look around and the country really does look like that. So that's how it started. So mm. what meant to be a seven-day campaign went to 14 days, 21 days, and it's just kept going. And now it's an international movement. Yes, yes. exactly. Well, who wants... I might come back to you, Carol. What is, you know, the, if you like, for lack of a better term, the issues in Zimbabwe has been... Um, sort of, at least from someone who is abroad, been well known for almost, I think, a decade or more. Mm -hmm. And it goes through its peaks and troughs of being the flavor of the month, I guess, in terms of the media. Mm -hmm. But as something that hasn't really been in the public consciousness for the last couple of years, and people who go home quite often, what is the problem on the ground at the moment? <laughs> the question is, what is right mm -hmm. at the moment? I think what is right at the moment is this flag. <laughs> Because everything else, everything other than this flag, is everything that is wrong with Zimbabwe. Um, from the moment you step out of the aircraft, in fact, no. From the moment you enter into Zimbabwean airspace, okay, and you look down at the roads, the once green land that is now just dry from the air, you land, you get to the airport, it is corruption from the first step, from the first official that you meet. That was not the Zimbabwe that we grew up in. Everyone is seeking how they can make a dollar. You have to, if you're buying clothes for those that are back home, you have to wear them before you get to the airport. You have to make your shoes look like they have been worn. Otherwise, you will be charged if you're bringing in brand new clothes. Mm -hmm. They will charge you money that is just ridiculous. You will be stopped at the airport. They search through all your bags. They will confiscate things. They will say, if you want these things back, you need to pay us X, Y, Z amount of money. So it's corruption from the very airport. You s drive out of the airport through the roads. You can't even, in fact, sorry, actually, the airport road is very nice because the president always um, rides along. So basically the roads where the officials and government officials ride uh, right along, they're quite okay. But as you go deeper into Zimbabwe, as you go into the, you know, as you move off that airport strip, maintenance of the roads is zero to none. Um, then you look at your hospitals, your medical facilities, where we're supposed to be getting medical help. It's, it really brings tears to your eyes. Doctors are there not because they have nowhere else to be now, but really they're actually there as volunteers. Because their, their, their pays don't really justify the work that they're doing. They, they don't get paid much. But then if they're not there to help the sick, there's no one there to do it. But they're, they're doing it with very limited resources. Do you understand? So our medical system, our healthcare system 
is almost non-existent. Like a few days ago, one of my dear friends who's here, his grandfather passed away. Unnecessary death. He collapsed. It took them, he collapsed in Chivu. Chivu is about maybe three hours away from Harare. Harare would be the nearest functional hospital that he can be able to go to. That's in the capital city. And even then, those ones are questionable. They had to take him to, to, to Harare. But they had to call someone from Harare to drive to Chivu, to pick him up, take him from Chivu back to Harare, to the nearest hospital. Needless to say, he died. Do we know why he died? No. No one knows why he died. What was the cause of death? We don't know. Things like that shouldn't happen. It could be something, it could have been, who knows? He just collapsed. People collapse all the time. But to collapse in Zimbabwe is a death sentence. Things like that, it is not right. So when you ask, what is wrong with your country? When you're driving down on the streets, you're seeing everyone is selling something for a five cent profit. You're winding down your window just to give money. Because your heart, my heart, just goes out to them. Because I know that they, they're out there in the sun. I mean, it's hot. It's hot, hot, hot. Do you understand? They're out there for hours on end just to make a dollar at the end of the day. By the time they've added up those five cent coins. Do you understand? So there's, there's the unemployment. Um, what's the new percentage now of unemployment? It used to be about ninety percent. Yeah, it's ninety percent unemployment, it's but it's it just be, just ahead now. Informal, informal, yes. So then that said, you've got really the majority of the population is unemployed. So they're all on the streets selling whatever they can sell. Then beyond that, because the money that they're making is not really enough for them to be catching buses back home, because bus fare is a dollar one way, and maybe they would have made a dollar five cents. So they end up sleeping away on the streets. Not that, not that they don't really have some way to go or a roof over their head. They have a roof, but they can't afford to get there. Mm. So the only option is to go home once, maybe twice a week, but otherwise they'll sleep on the streets and until they've made their 7 $8 in the week, then they'll go home, mm. buy food for the people at home. They'll go back again to the streets. It's really, really sad, very troubling. It brings tears literally to my eyes because it's, 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 it's heartbreaking. Do you understand? So when you think of what is wrong with Zimbabwe, what is wrong with Zimbabwe? The fact that our relatives are passing away and we're not there with them. That is what is wrong with Zimbabwe. That people in diaspora, people are forced to be out of, outside the country to support those back home because there's no money. Mm -hmm. That is what is wrong with Zimbabwe. What else is wrong with Zimbabwe? It's that houses are now just shells. They're literally just shells of what used to be. The money that we, we once had, but no longer have. There's been no progress for anyone in the last 20 years. There's been no promotion. You know, here we'll talk of annual promotion, you get a review. There's been no promotion. Hmm. It's living day to day. Hmm. That is what is wrong with Zimbabwe. For people who grew up there and came over when you were probably in your late teens or early 20s, what was the Zimbabwe that you remembered? Um, and what do you, and I remember asking you this this morning, what do you love about being Zimbabwean? For me, the Zimbabwe I remembered was um, filled with so much joy. Like even now, like in as much as yes, there is all the struggles that we're going through and such a shortage of one thing or the other. But the one thing that remains is just there's such a joy about that place. For me, I just remember always lots of gatherings, lots of family being around. I remember going to school and getting a milk card and then we used to all get, you know, milk at school. Remember the days we'd get our shots, like all our, you know, vaccinations at school. Like it was just a thriving country. Like we just pretty much 
everything you think of. For me personally, like Nasatan with the utmost the of ice respect. Cream man coming. With this gnarly <laughs> exactly. When I came to Australia I actually asked myself, Oh, is this overseas? Oh, okay. Like I really didn't see anything that was really that out of the ordinary, that extra special. I think the only thing that really shocked me and surprised me were the automatic doors at the malls. <laughs> <laughs> We all have that great little, the yeah, first thing that you That was probably my first thing. But to be honest, because we've grown up in such a thriving, beautiful mm. Zimbabwe, you know, we all went, we were all, all three of us here were privileged to go to, to private schools that were, you know, the top of the range of any school pretty much, that could, they could match up to any school in the world, really, you know. And of course, that's not everyone in Zimbabwe's story. So for us, that's the Zimbabwe we remember where... Mm. Even the ordinary Zimbabwean, of course, in every system, in every society, there'll always be, you know, classes of people. There'll always be the ones with more than the others. But the Zimbabwe we grew up in was where even when you were not in, you know, the most well-paying of jobs, you still could be dignified as a man, you, as a old woman. You could work and earn enough to give your family a comfortable life, to feed them every day. And I guess, you know, that's, that's the Zimbabwe... That we remember. I mean, by the time we were leaving high school, the economy had started to plummet. We used to buy pies for $20,000 at school. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, I always laugh and tell my friends, you know, we're teenage millionaires, you know? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> with, you know, having to use trillion dollar notes. So, I mean, we, I guess we sort of got to see both. The end of the Zimbabwe we remember and the beginning of the Zimbabwe that's now. Mm-hmm. One of my experiences has been sometimes when I meet a Zimbabwean and you start talking, this might be a few years ago, and you start yeah. saying some of the issues with, I guess from what I see as yeah. an outsider with the issues with Zimbabwe or with Mugabe and things yeah. like that, sometimes I will get quite a very harsh pushback from some Zimbabweans, yeah. and I wasn't quite sure why. And some of them pointed out to me and said that it could be if those people may be the children of members of the establishment. Yeah. And so for them, obviously, not only do they not want to criticize, but more importantly, they might not see a problem to begin yeah. with. So bring it back to the Brisbane community, and I've only had that a few times. Obviously, being Zimbabwe, so you would know better. Yeah. Is everyone in the Zimbabwean community on the same page as you, or is there a bit of a us versus them type thing between maybe people who support the government and who don't? I think... To be honest, well, for me, my family, my grandfather fought in the liberation struggle. He's mm. actually, you know, national hero, heroes eight castle. Essentially, my family is could be seen as sort of somewhat part of, or oh, the regime, or oh, that was then. And I think, I think what it is is it, it's an appreciation, an understanding of of what what was done before did for us. I think I know for me, I'll speak for myself. I will always, I always try to put that disclaimer and say our issue is with the problems and the, the corruption, the injustice, and that is our biggest issue. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's not issues that just necessarily changing a government is, go- are go- is going to solve. But in answer, like, um, so did I get your question correct? Mm-hmm. Like, we asking about Brisbane's in. Like Zimbabweans in Brisbane. Well, I, I would like to bring it back to uh, the community here, I guess, mm. to give uh, the people listening a link. But that was just my personal yeah. experience and obviously mm. very limited in terms of the Zimbabwean community. But just yeah. wanting to know, was that just my one or two no. or three experience or is that yeah. a broad thing of a... That do we all- but in some African communities, especially the ones where there have been conflict and war, mm. even in the communities here, there are quite a... The people who, if you like, support the government mm. of the mm. day so and the people who don't... And community. in some cases, yeah, they don't even talk 
talk exactly. and they don't engage and you're either with us or you're against us. Yeah. So I guess I was wanting to know, did the people who who came this morning, for example, will be the people who I think there needs to be changed and no, will there be people who still think, mm-hmm. no, everything is fine, don't cause problems? No, look, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I strongly believe the majority, if not, I dare say, pretty much, I think most people mm-hmm. that are here are definitely for the movement. Right, I I genuinely believe that they believe in 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 the whole this flag movement. Them, however, not showing up. The few, that, sorry, the ones that didn't show up today, I believe, is more of you see the Zimbabweans. We've had I would call it a challenge. Zimbabweans didn't never really. I believe this is a, this is an issue that's always been there, like for many years. Zimbabwean pride, right. So it's like something Zim that Pride-y. Zim Pride, yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Um, and, and it's something that, really, to be honest, is being only actually to be, if I'm frank, is being really ignited really with this with this movement. So this was the biggest gathering, I believe, of Zimbabweans we've ever had in Brisbane. Yeah. It's normally just so difficult just to get even Zimbabweans together. I personally, yes. I will admit for myself, before last year, I never even used to know any Zimbabweans, except for you know my one two friends. Um, and I believe it is something that is now changing and, and it may take time, but I believe we're getting there. So it's not so much that they don't support the movement. It's essentially them questioning whether are we all really going to be together because they're not used to us all coming together. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? They're not used to the, this, this level of unity. But I believe as they begin to see the publicity that's coming, like as they begin to see the photos that come out through this, they begin to see that, hang on a minute, there's actually a strong community out there. I was shocked at how many Zimbabweans are here. It's, it's something that it may take time. And it's something that I think we all just need to be patient with every other Zimbabwean. But in the same breath, we shouldn't take time to get there. Action is required now. You saw it took a minute for them to arrest Pastor Ivan Mawarire. These things will happen as a strike. This is the final push. It's important that we're just together, we're one, and we push forward. We just catch on to the fire and we go with it. Describe to me the Zimbabwean community here. I love stats a lot. So apparently, <laughs> according to the Australian Bureaucratic of Stats, they actually say that there are 8,000 Zimbabweans living in Queensland. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're probably one of the highest demo- like in terms The second. Of- yes. Oh, no, the, yeah, the second, actually, after South Africa. Yes. yes, after South Africa, in terms of people coming from Africa. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of us here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's... Um, wow. Just so many different people, professionals, nurses, especially doctors, accountants, uh, people that do social work. So there are lots of Zimbabweans here in Brisbane. And um, mostly they're they're about two tribes, like the people that constitute Zimbabwe. Um, uh, There's the Debele, the Shona, and there are also a lot of white Zimbabweans here, people that were farmers. So... I find like that's the fabric of most of the Zimbabweans that are living here in Queensland. We have a lot of uh, uh, Zimbabweans even in Toowoomba, a lot of farmers, like people that do farming. Mm-hmm. So I did not even know about them until today. Like today was one of the days where I was like, oh my gosh, a lot of people that they would not admit they were Zimbabwean because they were just, that's the shame a lot of us have been carrying. We have not been able to say, mm-hmm. you don't even want to, you come across people, you don't want to ask, like, ah, are you from Zim? You don't want to mm. ask that, because you, 
that was a shame that we've been carrying for so yes. long. But today was a day where I met a lot of people that I did not, even one of the girls from my high school, I was like, oh my gosh. So if it wasn't for this movement, we would not have come together mm-hmm. because the community is such, it's so diverse, not just only in terms of occupation, but even age. Mm-hmm. So there's some older people here mm. and uh, people in the 40s. There's the students, a lot of them, the student community that go to all the universities, the professionals. So it's so diverse. And so, but then there's just this one thing that can bring people together. That's nothing to do with race, nothing to do with religion. Just the fact that you are Zimbabwean, you're a citizen, that is a, such a powerful umbrella. And I think that's what this flag movement is about. Mm-hmm. And that's why it is gotten so much momentum you're saying that it's more of also a galvanizing bringing of the community together here so you yes. can actually see each other's faces and engage and connect yes. well because at the end of the day what, what Pasevan said is very true mm. unity is everything Zimbabwe will only be liberated by the Zimbabwean and it's going to take the Zimbabwean speaking the same language you know, um, so that includes us, us here, the 8,000 that are here. We need to unite. We need to come together. We need to speak the same language, that same language that Pastor Ivan is speaking. You know, you've obviously put in the effort. You got a great turnout. The music was fabulous, as it always is at every Zimbabwean event I've been to. And it was great at galvanizing, but and I'm not saying this to be facetious, but what is the end game? What is the impact that you're hoping that this coming together will have back home? How is this adding to this bigger movement to actually enact change? And what is that change? Yeah. So one of the things that um, a lot of people probably around the world, they don't know, is that the people that live in the diaspora, we send money to Zimbabwe. So like... Um, I think when it comes to remittances, like it's higher than the exports that the government does. Mm-hmm. So the money that we bring into the Zimbabwean economy is a lot. It's more than foreign direct investments. It's more than any other thing. I think we have a big voice. Like we can speak because we have the money. One of the things we're talking about today, like um, when we gather around together here in Queensland, we can actually also help the people that are at home, like we are not supposed to be sending you money. You have to also now push back to the government. Like, so I feel like we do have a voice. Like we do have something to contribute. We're not just here and just spending money, but we actually send a lot of money home to help the economy. So I think it's very imperative for us to come together and come up with solutions on how we can actually benefit from that because so so long like every person in the diasporan community they don't vote even though they're Zimbabwean citizens they're not Australian citizens so that's actually not right back in the day before things changed you could go to the embassy and vote but no one can vote now and so if people have been in Australia for 10 years they're citizens still citizens of Zimbabwe but they're not allowed to vote and that is not right. Okay. One of the ladies I was talking to this morning, I said to her, why did you come? And she said, because I want to be able to go home. That was the first thing she said to me, and I want to be able to take my daughter. And I found that almost quite striking as the very first person I spoke to. Carol, you also talked about, I feel like I'm here when I can be at home. I guess, where does Zimbabwe need to get to in order for you to feel like you do want to go home and well, be comfortable at home? I think it's simple. We, we, all we're asking for with this movement is a country that works. What is that? We, so those things that I spoke about, about the, the, the health system, 
a government that respects the dignity of its people. That's ex and I'm quoting Pastor Yvonne when I say that a government that essentially respects the dignity of its people, so an end to police brutality. A country that is free of fear. I do not want my children growing up afraid to speak, afraid to give their opinion concerning a matter. I do not want them afraid of the police. I want them to believe in the police that they're there to protect them, not they're there to fight them. Not to have their hearts skip a beat whenever they see an, 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 an officer dressed in blue. That, that's what we're asking for. That's what we want. That's what this flag movement is about. Someone had some stats today about the government. They spent $18 million last year on new cars. That is new books for 1.4 million Zimbabwean children for schools. That $18 million could have done so much in terms of our health care. This is the same year that those that can't even afford it to go overseas for medical treatment, for medical attention. And they're spending $18 million. So what we're asking for is a government that we can trust, that we know is out for our benefit. You see the things that have happened here in Australia. You look at the government here in Australia. It's a great example. You understand? So that's what we're waiting for. That's what we want. That's what we're fighting for. And that's what we're essentially vocalizing. Okay. So today you had a great day. Where to from here? What's the plan? I mean, look, our issues are very complex. And... And even when you ask the question of what do we want, you know, what, what, what kind of a Zimbabwe do we want to have before we can go back home? I personally, it's not entirely the government's job to fix the country. Yes. It's all of us. We're 36 years old. We're a very small country. We still have a long road to go. But at least we need the ability to walk that road safely, mm. united. And even when... The question you asked before about even political divides, yes, they exist. Even within us, even within us as a, a diaspora community, there's people with varying political issue, views and political divides, and that's fine. That will always be there. It's healthy. It's healthy mm. to have different points of views because competition, you know, it raises standards of anything. So, but can we work together? Mm. So, where to from here? The biggest thing that we needed in Queensland, especially, it's, it's very, to be honest, it's a shame and it's embarrassing that we're one of the largest um, ethnic groups in Australia, in, in um, Queensland. One of the largest country groups. Country mm. groups. And yet we don't have an association, mm. an official, mm. thriving, functional association. According to the Bureau of Statistics, Zimbabweans are actually the top earning professionals. In Queensland, you know, like, so it's not a lack of education or lack of resources. It's just been disinterest. So the mm. biggest thing that this movement and today was killing that spirit of disinterest, of mm. indifference. Mm. That, that is like the biggest victory we've won. Because yes. there's a lot of things. It won't take us too much time to get to where we need to get because the brain power, the, the resource is already present. It mm. just was not working together. Mm. And so where to from now, the biggest thing that we're trying to do is to, is to start up an association in Queensland that's actually functional, properly registered, where we can start to regularly meet, mm. come together and talk about what's next for the people back home. Mm. Can I get just, I guess, to end on a lighthearted note? Mm. Explain to me what Zim Pride is. Because I hear it all the time and I've always wanted to ask Zim by this question. Zim Pride... Zimpride is actually, it's actually the name of a tournament, oh, Okay. essentially. So you, probably when you've heard Zimpride in, in the conversation, and Queensland, we're actually the first 
state to host the Zimpri tournament. That was actually part of the community that the committee that planned that. So it's basically basically a soccer tournament that was started by Zimbabweans to to honor and commemorate um, independence. Okay. So it's always done around about the Easter time because that's when our independence is celebrated on the 18th of April. So each state rotates to host it. So it's a way of bringing the community together, way of bringing the Zim Pride, but it's through soccer yeah. and arts. So, um, But I'll go as far as to say maybe it's going to be prophetic of, of, <laughs> of Zimbabweans. You know, um, I really do see, I believe that this this movement is birthing the Zimbabwean that is proud to be Zimbabwean. Yes. You know, and admitted, um, as you were saying, Lorraine. Yes, because I don't think, I personally didn't even know what the colors of the flag represented mm. till this flag movement started. I was shocked when I saw the video and I was like, oh, is that what it means? Because to be honest, I didn't really care, mm. you know, because um, there's this inner thing that's just not really, whilst you're Zimbabwean, you didn't really associate too much. Um, with a Zimbabwean, and um, if anyone, most people that know me know that I probably associated more with Niger with, with being a Nigerian than I did Zimbabweans. <gasps> oh, because no, you didn't oh, say I that. Did say it. I did say it. You <laughs> said to Ghanaian, you do realize. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, Carol. I definitely did associate with being Nigerian. Um, but then that's because I loved their pride, mm, their yes. national pride. You know, Nigeria is such a. They are so proud of their. They, everyone wants to go back to Nigeria. Mm. There's this sense of pride when it comes to Nigeria. They will fight for their nation. Mm -hmm. And that's the dream that I have for Zimbabwe. And, I, and I've always felt like Zimbabweans didn't have that same thing. Mm -hmm. But now, through because of this movement, I've come to realize that, you know what? If Zimbabweans are going to feel that way, it's going to be because of us Zimbabweans. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I'm and I, and I'd like to use this opportunity to just employ all Brisbaneites, all Queenslanders, all Zimbabweans in Australia, and Zimbabweans all over the world. Really, connect with Zimbabweans. Love. Let's love one another because, like Pastor Ivan said, no one can truly love the Zimbabweans like we love Zimbabwe. Our unity really will go somewhere because we've tried everything; it hasn't worked. And like Kiki just said right now, Christine just said just now. You know, it's 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 we're no longer even it's, it's not about the we're no longer even really looking to the government. We're not really looking to you know what 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 Pasivano is really saying is that allow fresh blood, then fresh new ideas to come in. You, the the elders you've dreamed dreams for Zimbabwe, allow us to build it for you. Mm. Allow us to do it for you. And we're saying that, you know, we that are in the diaspora, we have so many ideas. We've seen how things work in the international community and what's made it work. We have ideas to take with us back home. We have ideas to give. We have a voice that needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. So let's come together, Zimbabweans. It's one of the things I like to end the podcast with is what is making you proud? Something in the African community broadly that is making you proud and it could be anything. Mm -hmm. So instead of asking what's making you proud today, because obviously you're a fab fabulous um, event today, um, tell me something about Zimbabwe or the Zimbabwean community broadly beyond today that makes you proud to be Zimbabwean. For me, it's our fighting spirit. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where we are. Like, there's just this... We're just fighters, you know. We've been through it all, thick and thing. And, and, and we're all fighting our different battle. Those of us fighting hard, being here in isolation to, from our families just to make a better life for ourselves and for them back home. Or those people at home, you know, facing the hardships, but still headstrong. And mm. yeah. What about you, Lorraine? Um, for me, one of the things that I always love every time I go home is just the smile, just the ordinary citizens. Like when you greet on the street, everyone just greeting you, which is something that usually doesn't happen being in Australia. But just having people just say, good morning, good afternoon, 
it's something that I actually really miss. And it's just like that friendliness that Zimbabweans have. It's just amazing. I really love that. That's something I miss a lot. Especially when I get back and I say good morning to people and they don't answer. So it's like... Because so, they're not feeling it. <laughs> yeah, they're not feeling it. So that's just something, the friendliness of uh, my people, just the Zimbabweans is really great every time I get there. Hey, final word, Carol? Can I give two? Two very two quick ones. <laughs> the first one is our respectful nature. Zimbabwe, like that was my culture shock for Australia. You know, people are talking to their teeth, like we get to a SMS and the, the lecturer is asking you to call them by their first names. I'm like, sorry? <laughs> you know, just our respectful nature. I love it. Zimbab like you don't, um, you know, everyone is mama. You know, everyone, you know, like you, you respect the, your mothers. You just, anyone that's older than you is mama, auntie, my nini, my guru. Does that just respect you serve those that are older than you. Um, I love it so much. Then secondly, the other thing that I love, which, which would, might, might seem contrary to Christine's, but then hers was in a different direction. I must emphasize that, is that our peace-loving nature. So she said our, our fighting spirit. <laughs> but she was speaking about, you know, our inner fight to, to, to you know, to get, we get things done. But like our peace-loving nature. Mm. We are such peaceful people. Zimbabweans are truly, truly peaceful people. Atili jambanj. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, we, we're not into the fighting. We're not, not troublesome. Violent. We're not violent people. Okay. You understand? That's why this police brutality, you know that it's manipulation on the part of those that are in authority over them. It's propaganda. It's they being manipulated to do some of those things and they've been brainwashed to think that it's correct or it's right. Mm -hmm. So they're afraid. But naturally, we are peace-loving people. You see those people, they won't be fighting them back. Is it because that they can't? No. It's just simply because they don't know how to fight. Okay. We are peace-loving people. Fantastic. Thank you very much, ladies. That's the end of our podcast. Thank you so much to Carol, Lorraine, and Christine for your time. I really appreciate it, especially <laughs> today. Hopefully you found us on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you did find us on iTunes, please take the time to rate us and leave us a review. That will help grow the podcast and let other people find us. Please take the time to also give us some feedback on the podcast. We're always keen to hear some questions and also get some feedback about how you're enjoying or maybe not enjoying the podcast so that we make it something that people really um, enjoy and want to listen to. Please take the time to follow African Australian Story. Our website is africanaustralianstory.com. Um, you can find us across all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on African Oz Story. That's African OZ Story. Um, uh, our theme music is by Russell Ching Rai. He's the African street music you would normally find our South Bank Parkland. So please make sure you put some money in his bowl next time you walk past. And you can find him on Facebook at Russell Street Music. That's Russell with one L. So thank you very much, everyone. Um, ladies, I've had a great conversation. I hope you have as well. Yes, thank you so thank much. You thank much. you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye. Bye.